Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, Be the Blank Your Mom Wants You to Marry. Alongside my co-host, Ariana Kenningsberg, my name is Gabrielle Resnick, and we are excited you're here with us. Hi, everyone. The goal of our podcast is to be a guide for young women like ourselves exploring life and career paths. We will be broadcasting our conversations with successful women across industries and professions to offer an intimate look at the opportunities, challenges, and rewards for working women. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the program. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Be the Blank Your Mom Wanted You to Marry. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Balia Goldwasser, who is an oral and maxillofacial surgeon at Oral Facial Reconstruction and Implant Center and is on staff at Memorial Regional Hospital, Memorial Hospital West, and the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Dr. Goldwasser, thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's get started with a few questions about your early life. Thank you so much for having me. I think this is such a great uh, endeavor that you guys have decided to do to explore different um, things for girls and for young women. And I'm really honored to be your first guest. Thank you so much. So did you always know that you wanted to pursue a career in medicine? Ever since I can remember, medicine was the only thing that I really thought about doing as a career. Um, as a child, I was really fascinated with the human body and how things worked. Um, I, my parents used to joke that they would always find me uh, with my favorite book called Why Does My Nose Run? Hiding under the covers, reading it when I was supposed to be sleeping. So I think it was just a fascination from early on, and, and it was something I always wanted to go into. So did your parents support your career choice, or did they force it upon you? There was never any pressure uh, from my parents to do anything. The only thing my mom always told us was don't become a teacher. Uh, she was a teacher, a special ed teacher. And as you may know, it's a very difficult and sometimes not rewarding um, job. It doesn't get as much respect as it should. And so she always told me, do whatever you want, just not, not a teacher. Hi, it's Gabrielle. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at Be The Blank Podcast to see behind-the-scenes content for our podcast as well as info about upcoming guests. Leave us a like. Uh, what college and medical school did you attend, and did you enjoy it? For undergrad, I went to Columbia in New York. Uh, I really liked it. It was a very competitive environment, though, and... The school was very intense, uh, so a lot of my experience there was stressful, um, and I felt that the school is very much like, you should be honored to be here, this is very, um, you're very lucky that you have a spot here. So I think that there was a lot of uh, stress put on by the school, and also the, the student body was very, very competitive. Uh, I think I got a great education, though. I'm happy I went there, um, but... Uh, I guess, and it, pre it prepared me for what I needed to do going forward. Um, contrast that to my dental and medical school, which was at Harvard, where the environment was very, very different. And even though the students were very competitive and obviously smart, uh, the school mentality is you're supposed to be here. We want you to be here. You're going to excel. And, and so it was a very, very different kind of vibe in the school. Um, so I think my dental and medical school was a very, I guess, more relaxing experience, which might be surprising because it was grad school. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that's kind of how I felt about the two places. And how many years do you spend in each school? 
So I chose to do a six-year um, program for oral maxillofacial surgery, which means that after four years of college, I went to dental school first for four years, and then there's the option to do a four-year program or a six-year program. The six-year program includes a medical degree. And so as part of my residency training, I took a little break from residency to go to medical school and um, do the clinical years that I was missing from dental. So in dental school, the first two years are didactic, so classroom learning. The second two years are clinical, where you learn the practical skills to be a dentist. The first two years were together with the medical school. And so in order to complete the medical degree, I still had to do the last two years of medical school. And I chose to do the six-year program, um, primarily because I love learning. I've always wanted to know everything I can about a subject to be the most comfortable I can with everything. And so I just felt that by doing the medical degree, I would know as much as I possibly could um, to prepare me for taking care of patients, being comfortable understanding any medical problem they may have, being able to interact with all the medical specialists that I would have to work with. And uh, for me, it was really fun to do that. Yeah. So that was, yeah, so that was four years of dental school, plus the two years of medical school and four years of residency, so 10 years altogether. And do you find that it made a difference that you went to take that like six year program instead of the four years? At the end of the day, uh, four year um, four year residents and six year residents have the ability to do the same work at the end. And I think, you know, it's it's very personal. So you can have a six year person who's super qualified and a four year person who's just as qualified or, you know, or, yeah, you know, um, I don't know that it changes what you can do and how good you are. But in terms of the amount of time you spend learning these things, of course, the more time you spend studying something, the more in-depth you have a chance to learn and um, the more hands-on experience you have. So for me, it was something that made me feel more confident and more comfortable. Um, You know, and a lot of parts of my job are, or a lot of part of the certifications are not necessarily mandatory. So the I chose to do the six-year program um, for me, it was important to be board certified, which is um, an, another certification that you can take at the end, which isn't required. You can still practice without board certification. Uh, but for me, that was also very important. It's just more exams, more studying. So that's kind of just my way of being. I like to do as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And did you feel at times like out of place being a woman in medical school? Did you learn? Were you training with a lot of women around you? Uh, In school, I didn't feel out of place at all. Um, I think in dental school, I'm guessing, I think about 60% of my class was female. So it was more females than males. In medical school, it was definitely at least 50-50. Nothing stands out to me from those years as being different that I was a woman. It was just totally regular. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you take out student loans when you were in medical school or dental school? Yep, I took out a lot of loans. Um, I Luckily, I didn't have any loans from undergrad, so that was an advantage that I had. A lot of people don't have that uh, advantage. But I did take out student loans for dental school plus the two years of medical school, so that was six years of loans. Um, yeah, a lot. And do you regret it? Is it something that affects you? Still, too, today. It's, it's hard to answer if I regret it. I, it. I don't feel like there was a choice. If I wanted to do this, I had to take out loans. I wasn't, my family wasn't in the situation to be able to pay for it for me. 
So I don't regret it because I enjoy what I do and I'm, that's the way I got to where I am. Um, does it affect me? I think, I think luckily the career I chose um, puts me in a situation where I am able to pay them back. And so to me, it wasn't something that prevented me from doing what I wanted to do and choosing the type of job that I wanted to choose. Mm-hmm. And during your training years, what was your social life like and how did you balance friends and free time? Um, during dental school, I had lots of free time. So Harvard was unique in that they really, um, valued self-directed learning. And so there wasn't actually as much class time. Um, the, for the medical school, it was even more that way. The medical students had school in the morning and then they had the whole afternoon off every single day. And the dental students did the same as the medical students in the morning, and then the afternoon had dental classes twice a week. But the other three afternoons we had free. So there was a lot of free time, but you had to be disciplined enough to make your own hours and figure out how to learn what you needed. We didn't even have to go to class. So this is in the days before online learning and and remote learning of COVID. Uh, But if you didn't want to go to class, you didn't have to. You could watch, all the lectures were videotaped. You could watch it from your dorm room and you know you didn't have to go in. So you had to really be motivated to do it on your own. Uh, but I did have a lot of free time for to socialize. When there were tests coming up, then everybody studied together. And that was kind of how we socialized. We studied all together. Right. But um, no, I think it was fine during those years. And the medical school, residency is very, very intense. And there's hardly any time for socializing. Um, when I did my medical school years, which was a little bit of a break in the middle of residency, that was when everyone felt like they were on vacation because you weren't a resident anymore. You could, you were a student again and you had time to, to have a social life. Um, but it was hard. It was hard. All my friends were in school together. So we socialized within the framework of studying a lot of times. Yeah. And while you were studying or while you were training or residency did you ever find that it was becoming so hard that you considered changing career paths or thought about other career paths because of that so not during school but residency um it's hard to explain how intense my residency was so I think all programs are like this I I went to Massachusetts General Hospital for my residency program which um is a very high level of academics. And I loved being there because you were surrounded by very, very smart people who are experts in their field. But there, that also comes along with an intensity that with a very high standard and everything has to be perfect. And there's no, you can't say I'm not coming in today, even if you're sick. We were told as residents, you're gonna come to the hospital every single day, either as a resident or as a patient. So if you weren't sick enough to be admitted to the hospital as a patient, you were expected to be at residency. Um, So there, in terms of socializing and social life and that kind of thing, residency was your top priority in life, and nothing else really, um, you know, could interfere with that. Of course, if you had a, you know, some kind of personal tragedy or something like that, that was different. But um, I don't really have a lot of memories of just hanging out I mean we hung out we did but it was more like after being on call when you were resting then you could like have a few hours of downtime but residency was very different than school Mm -hmm. and what advice would you give specifically to students who are looking to go into medical school and pursue a career in medicine 
it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of years. And the specifically the years that you're putting in are basically all your whole 20s. So if you want to, if you're passionate about it and it's something that you enjoy, I think it's worth it. To me, looking back, I don't regret it. There's not any other um, career that I would see myself doing. But if you're doing it because you want to make money or you're doing it because your parents told you to do it or you're doing it because of some other thing you think that it's going to give you some kind of status, or I, I don't think that that's enough motivation to get you through. And I don't know that the sacrifice would be worth it at the end if it didn't come from some internal drive that this is what would fulfill you and make you happy. And um, so I'm not sure if I answered your question exactly. No, you definitely did. You asked me about if there was ever a moment where I consider changing. I think I'm sure there were moments during residency where I was like, why am I doing this? This is miserable. Um, we This was before the days of work hour restrictions. I would work 24 hours straight and then, you know, have to be taking care of patients the next morning. Like, you're literally delirious. Um, one of my co-residents was active duty in Iraq. He was in the Army and he fought in Iraq. And he said the residency is worse than that. <laughs> Not to downplay what the military does. <laughs> I respect them very much. Um, but sometimes things didn't make sense. You felt like it wasn't fair. Like, there was yeah. no, this wasn't like a democracy you were just the bottom of the totem pole. You just had to do what needed to get done and work under very extreme conditions. So I think there were definitely moments where I was thinking, what am I doing here? Um, but you get through it, and, and it's a bonding experience. Everyone is going through something together. So in some ways, as miserable as it is, it's also fun because you're in it together with a group of people, and you become very, very close. So is that what you enjoyed most about your residency, the like people that you were with? Um, I mean, it was, that, that was definitely a part of it that made you be able to get through it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if I would say that's what I enjoyed the most. I, like I said, I love learning. I loved to be exposed to all the different things. To me, this was my opportunity to learn everything that I had always wanted to learn, to understand, to be able to talk to people on a level where nothing was a mystery to me anymore. I could feel comfortable in a lot of different environments. I had a lot of responsibility that at times was scary, thinking, why are they trusting me to do this? I have no mm -hmm. idea what I'm doing. Um, but you gain a lot of confidence. You realize that you're able to do more than you thought you could do. Um, and I think I really grew as a person during residency. I, the way I started out, you know, just with a lot of self-doubt, thinking, how am I going to do this? Is this what I want to do? And then coming out at the end, you kind of feel on top of the world, like you just accomplished this very, very difficult thing, and, it, and it's very satisfying. And you mentioned before that you went to both dental and medical school. So, and then what degrees did you graduate with? So I got a DMD degree from dental school and an MD from medical school. Mm -hmm. And what was your financial situation like once you got out of training? Uh, it was very bad. I had no money. I had nothing in the bank. I had a lot of debt. Um, but you make do, you know, if I, you know, luckily I didn't have to take out more loans to live off when I graduated. I was able to get an apartment and start saving. And I think the key is a lot of people come out thinking, I'm a doctor now. I can start spending. You, you have had all these years where you are li literally living paycheck to paycheck. I had months where I like, like, I don't know, I need to pay my rent, but I also need to like buy a new pair of shoes or, and you really had to choose. Like I, I lived that for a long time. And you just have to be disciplined enough when you graduate to say, 
I can come through this, but I have to remember that I, I am poor. And so you have to save and spend wisely. And then, you know, over time, it, it's not long before you come out of that. Do you find that those experiences with having to save and having to live paycheck to paycheck taught you so many things and, like, I guess helped you grow as a person once you realize that as much like training as you put in and no matter like as if the career that you're becoming like it was always told that as you're when you're a doctor you're gonna you know be so successful financially but when you first got out of it you weren't doing well and it was harder Mm -hmm. probably yeah I mean it definitely it gives you some humility to say you know I went through all this but I'm still starting from the beginning basically um, I'm at the top of my training. I finished all my training and now I'm ready, but now I have to start working. So um, it is kind of like a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. I remember my, the chairman of my department used to tell us when we were chief residents, the hardest day of your life is going to be the last day of residency, or I guess the first day after residency. Because when you finish residency, you're the most valuable person in the department. All the attendings want you to be with them, to help them with their surgeries, to take care of all the patients because you you're finished your training you're basically done but yet you're under them you're kind of their assistant and you can you know you're you're very valued your pager's going off every second everybody wants you to be helping them and then you graduate and now you're starting a new job you're on your own there's no one backing you up the way you used to have teachers and your attendings backing you up so that you know starting to work and be on your own after residency is like a whole new beginning and a new chapter um yeah i think and, and I guess there's there's a little bit of, like I said, I, I grew a lot of confidence through residency, and, and you're very, very confident at the end of residency, or at least I was. And then when you graduate, you have to get a new type of confidence that now I'm on my own, and now there's no one else who's going to be responsible. If there's a mistake, if something goes wrong, it's me. Um, so, so it's definitely a transition. And then I guess the financial um, piece, too, is that you have to learn that just because you finish doesn't mean that you're financially independent. You have to start working. And what was your first job like once you got out of residency? I wasn't sure if I wanted to stay in academics or if I wanted to be in private practice. Hey guys, don't forget to listen up for our next podcast with Vanessa Portnoy, luxury real estate agent in South Florida. Okay, so before we get into your first job, I just want to go back to a question about your residency. Was being a female there any different? Um, did you feel that you were neglected for any reason because you were a female? I don't. I wouldn't say that I felt neglected or felt um, treated differently. But oral surgery. Uh, let's put this. A lot of people go into dentistry, and it's known to be a very. Um, this is a stereotype that it's known to be a very female-friendly profession. Oral surgery is considered the dental specialty that is not as female friendly. So a lot of people would say to me, why are you going to, if you go into dentistry, that's like good for females. Why would you choose the one specialty that's not good for females? And I think a lot of dental students get that message and it's very uncommon for females to go into oral surgery. So in my program, there were very few females. Um, I'm trying to think. My program had probably more females than some other programs. Some programs have no females. I was one of three. Um, During my intern year, there was another female. I think each year there was one female. 
but I definitely felt that I was the minority. Um, I don't think that I was treated differently. I think there were enough females around in the hospital. Uh, I had a lot of female teachers and attendings. Our, our mass general happens to have a lot of females or at the time happened to have a lot of females. But in terms of just like my friends and the things that people were doing, it just wasn't very common to have females in that field. And that's because of the amount of hours that you have to put in. The other dental specialties, and we can talk about this more later about you know job choice, but the residency training is much shorter. You're not working 24-hour shifts, all those kind of things, um, which for some people feel that that would be a detriment to having a family, to, to the other things that we'll talk about. Um, so it just, it was just uncommon to be a female. And even today, when I go to conferences um, with oral surgeons, you'll see there'll be, you know, a few hundred men and maybe 30, 40, 50 women. Um, and so I've become proud of it. To me, it's not anything that I feel like, oh, I can't do it. Sometimes patients will say, are you sure you're strong enough to do this? You don't have big muscles. And I always say, if I needed big muscles to do my job, then I would be doing it wrong. Like, you need technique, not big muscles. Mm -hmm. So it's just something I'm used to, and I've been dealing with that for many years, being a minority. But it wasn't something that stopped me. Mm -hmm. So after you got out of this residency, what was your first job like? So I had to decide uh, graduating whether I wanted to be in private practice or academics. Uh, those are kind of, that's one of the junctures that people kind of choose a path. An academic job really means working in a hospital, a lot of times full-time, teaching, doing research, um, and doing more broad scope, um, bigger surgeries because you're in the hospital. You're at an academic center where people send people the more difficult cases and private practice that you're more probably more familiar with is working in an office. I was very drawn to academics. I wanted to, because I love learning, I love teaching, I, um, I like to have new things all the time. I wanted to be in academics, but I had really no exposure to private practice. So I didn't know if I liked that either. So when I was looking for my first job, I decided to do half and half. My first job, um, I was working three days a week in a hospital where I was teaching dental residents, oral surgery residents, ENT residents, and plastic surgery residents all about maxillofacial surgery. And um, I got to do a very wide variety of procedures. And then the other two days I was working in a private practice. Uh, the private practice I chose for that job was a full scope private practice, which is much less common um, for oral surgery private practices, which means that it wasn't a high volume practice. We didn't see thousands and thousands of patients, um, but all the doctors in the practice were interested in doing the full scope, which means doing trauma, doing um, jaw surgery, doing more complex TMJ surgery, doing things like that. So I was drawn to that type of private practice because I felt like I did all this training. I learned how to do so many different things. I don't want to limit myself to only doing wisdom teeth or only doing extractions or implants, and I wanted to continue to do all those things. And that mm -hmm. was my first job where I, it was a mix. It was academics and also private practice. So, like, what factors contributed to that decision? Was it mainly because you were interested in both academics and private practice, or was it more social and economics? Like, how did that work? I was trying to figure out, 
you know, which model I wanted to be in. So I wanted to do part, you know, half and half. But again, probably uh, if it was all financial, a private practice that's more focused on um, or that's more limited is actually more financially um, beneficial. So I did make a decision to be, I guess you could say to take a pay cut or to not make as much because I wanted to do more things. Um, so I did make that decision, but it wasn't such a big difference that it would have affected my standard of living or ability to pay my loans or anything like that. Um, academic jobs traditionally also pay less than private practice jobs. Um, in academic centers, you're seeing a lot of people who don't have a lot of financial means, who don't have insurance. So you're, you're doing um, more of that kind of work. But to me, that wasn't a reason not to do the job. So this was enough to support yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Goldwasser, uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your current job and what your life is like? Yeah, so I moved to Florida a few years ago. Um, I got married. I have two kids. And I work in a private practice, oral facial reconstruction and implant center. It's in Aventura. I'm working three days a week. And it's a practice that really meets all my, my needs because it is a full-scope private practice. And again, by that I mean we do almost all aspects of the specialty. So we do wisdom teeth, implants, bone grafting, biopsies, jaw surgery, facial trauma. Um, so it meets the needs that I had to use all the aspects of my training and to be able to uh, keep things interesting where... Sometimes I'm in the office. Sometimes I'm in the hospital. I sometimes see, you know, very serious issues. Sometimes more, um, more mild issues, and um, I'm very happy with that choice. And in terms of my family, I, like I said, I have two kids. I'm balancing the working three days a week and trying to be a mom at home, and it's working well. And what would you say are some pros and cons specifically? in the field you work in? Of oral surgery? Yeah. Um, the pros, I mean, I, I really love what I do. I think I meet so many new people every single day, people that I would never interact with in my life, all different demographics, ages, people from different backgrounds, immigrants, Americans, and, and to me, that's one of the highlights of my job. I love meeting new people, learning about other people, um, always challenging my assumptions about other people. I also get to work with a lot of different medical specialists. So I get patients sent by dentists primarily, um, but I also get patients sent by medical doctors. I also have to interact with the medical doctor. So if a patient comes in, they have a lot of medical issues. Sometimes I need to call the medical doctor, let them know the patient was just diagnosed with cancer from a biopsy I did get a clearance from them to see if they're, you know, healthy enough to undergo surgery. So I'm constantly interacting with a lot of people all day long. So not only the patients, but um, lots of different medical professionals. And for me, part of the reason that, in, like within medicine, the reason I chose surgery is that I'm a very concrete person. I like to fix things. I like to solve problems. And there's something really, really satisfying about taking somebody who has a problem, big or small, and usually within a day or a few hours, you've changed their life. Um, you've fixed the problem. Uh, you know, not always 
you know, permanently, but sometimes, uh, from, for the most part, you really have changed somebody's life in a very short amount of time. And to me, that's very satisfying. The patients are very grateful and you can make a big difference for someone. So I, I really love that about surgery. Um, the cons, like I said, just a lot of responsibility. I don't know if it's a con, but there's a seriousness to my work. And when I go to work, there's no mindless hours. There's no time where I can just space out. When I'm with a patient, I'm totally there. I have to focus mentally. When I'm doing surgery, I have to focus physically, mentally. And so it's exhausting. It's, it's very tiring. Um, it's nonstop. And like I said, there's really not a lot of downtime. There's also, um, I take call at the hospital when there can be unexpected emergencies in the middle of the night. I could have to get up and go. I have to talk to people in the middle of the night for emergencies. Oral surgery is also considered, um, of the dental specialties, we're the ones who deal with all the emergencies. So on a Friday afternoon, if somebody calls me, they have a patient who's bleeding, they have a patient who's in pain, they have, you know, even if I was thinking I was going to go home, I, I stay and I, and I take care of the emergencies. So it's hard sometimes, and you have to have a devotion to what you do. You have to feel that it's important, that the work you do matters. And so that can be difficult, but it's also, you know, the flip side of that is the satisfaction that you get, that you really help people when they really need someone and there's no one else to go to. So um, I, I don't know if that's a pro or a con, but it's kind of both sides. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you have a family. So what would you say is your biggest struggle about working but also raising a family? Um, so like I said, when I'm at work, I have to be at work. I have to be totally on. I can't be distracted by other things. And so... You know, of course, there's only so many hours in the day. And if my kids need something or my, you know, my family needs something, if I'm at work, I'm at work. And so it is a, it is a sacrifice. Um, for me right now, I'm not working full time. So I do have some days where I'm available. But even on my days off, if I'm on call, I'm on call the whole week. You know, there are unexpected things. So it's a challenge. But I think the job gives me enough fulfillment that it's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make and that um, I get enough enjoyment out of that it's worth it. And do you feel the obligation to cook and clean because of the stereotype surrounding women? <laughs> um, do I feel the obligation? Well, I'm very lucky in that I have a husband who has no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He has no shame or no, he's not too macho to think that he can't, um, you know, help out at home. He's a great father. He takes care of my kids really well and he helps out. We really, but we don't have gender stereotypes in my house. We divide things based on whoever does it the best. Whoever has the most skill in that area does it. So I happen to know how to cook more than my husband does. So I cook, but not because I'm the woman, but because I know how to cook better than he does. Mm -hmm. If there's something, I happen to know how to screw nails into things or screws into very well because in my job <laughs> I drill and screw plates and screws all the time one time he was putting together a cabinet and I was like what are you doing that's not how you drill a, a, a screw into something um, so we don't we don't go by gender stereotypes we just get done what needs to get done based on who has more skill in that area and what advice can you give to girls who want to work in the medical field but also want to start a family so it's definitely something to to think about. And like I said, 
every medical field is different, so the length of residency can can vary very greatly. If all else being equal, if somebody wants to go into, if a female wants to go into medicine and they like something that has a shorter residency, then you might want to consider that more because, um, unfortunately, residency is during the peak childbearing years, and so there's really no way around it. A lot of people have children during residency or during medical school, and it totally can be done, but of course there are sacrifices that you have to make. Like I said, residency is very demanding. You don't get a lot of time off, and so you're going to miss out on some things then, but you have the advantage of being younger. I didn't have children until I was older. I finished residency when I was 34. And luckily, I didn't have trouble um, having kids. But, you know, you can't always count on that. I would say if you want to go into medicine with a long residency, you should freeze your eggs. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's it's an insurance policy. It's it's a reality that has to be faced. Um, But again, a lot of people have kids when they're younger. They have kids during medical school, they have kids during residency, and they they do it. They do it successfully, but you need help. You're not going to be able to do it on your own, and you just have to be realistic about what it means. And, you know, men have children too during that time, but it's very different when your body's carrying the baby, if you want to breastfeed. I've done a lot of pumping at work. (laughs) It's not easy. Um, But my training has actually in some ways prepared me for pushing through hard things and figuring out a way to get it done and and it can be done so as long as you're passionate about it and this is something that'll fulfill you then go for it but if if you have the um, different motivations like to make a lot of money to have social status to do what your parents told you i don't know that that's going to be enough motivation to get you through it's also not the best way to make the most amount of money (laughs) Is there any flexibility for women who, like, have children during residency? Do you get any sort of maternity leave, anything like that? Um, I don't know. I don't want to talk too specifically about it since I didn't have children during residency. Mm-hmm. I don't know if things have changed recently. I know a few people who had children who took two weeks off after having a baby, which anyone who's had a baby knows that two weeks off is not a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you do anything different in hindsight? No, I don't think so. I really love what I do. It's so a part of my identity, probably because for my whole adult life, this is what I've been immersed in, you know, since I'm, you know, I guess it's almost 20 years that this has been my life. So I can't see myself doing anything else. I can't see my life being different. It all fits together for me and it makes sense. Um, So I don't know that I would do anything differently, but it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge. And, um, I don't know. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And is there any advice you would give to young women today about life, career choices, and working in the medical field? Mm, I think more of what I was saying, that you have to do something that you're passionate about. If it's not something that calls to you. I, I, I tell this story, I think, in college. A friend's mom once said to me, why do you want to become a doctor? Why don't you just marry a doctor? And I just looked at her like, you don't get it. I guess you totally don't get it because it's not that I want to be associated with a doctor. I want to be like near a doctor. I want to be a doctor because I enjoy doing that. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy solving problems and interacting with people. So um, it's just do what you're passionate about. Make sure that that you're aware of the sacrifices that will be needed 
but that if it's something that fulfills you, it'll be worth it in the end. Thank you so much for coming in today, Dr. Goldwasser. We really appreciate your time and your input in the medical field. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. We hope Dr. Goldwasser helped guide you towards the right career choice. Stay tuned for our next episode on Be the Blank Your Mom Wanted You to Marry. See you soon.